Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Larry Crowder here with the Larry Crowder Leadership Podcast back again uh, today as we interview leaders from many parts of the world, learning those things that they've learned through many years of leadership that can help us today in our generation as, uh, as we lead, as we're led by the Holy Spirit to do that. With me today back again is Lisa Hostler. Lisa, welcome back Thank to the you. podcast. You're with me twice in the past, and uh, we, we talked about your book, The Unexhausted Leader, which is just an exceptional book. In fact, why don't we do this? Why should somebody buy the book? The Unexhausted Leader. It's a great book. Tell me why they should buy it. Because leaders tend to be busy, which leads to exhaustion, which can lead to burnout. And if leaders can learn to bring the Lord completely into their life, along with their teams, they're going to like be aligned with him. They're going to be refreshed by him. Plus, they're going to have discernment and wisdom from him for him to advance their ministry, and they're going to be closer to the people they work with. And so there'd be no reason not to buy the book. (laughs) I agree. It's a a great book. I mean, I read it cover to cover. I was honored to write an endorsement for this amazing, amazing book. Oh, sure. And uh, great. It spoke to me and uh, just, again, desiring to apply many of these principles to my own life. So. Thank you, thank you. The Unexhausted Leader, and again, that's an Audible, or you can get that anyway, mm-hmm. Amazon, yeah. Yeah. through your ministry. And by the way, uh, Lisa has a website, the lisahostler.com is a blog, and you see her books and a lot of things about her life and ministry there. She's the president of Align Life Ministries, and you've been you've been in leadership for how many years in that ministry? 37. Wow, yeah. wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Today we want to talk about something much even more personal than we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lost the love of, love of your life a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, talk about what happened. And then I've got a lot of questions for you then after that on how do I, I'm married now for 50 years, how do I respond to someone who's widowed? Mm-hmm. How, what, what kinds of things should those of us be aware of that you and many of those that or living in the same situation you're living in or facing. Mm-hmm. And for, talk about the story. Tell okay. us what happened. Tell us about your your yeah. life with with your husband, with Ron. <laughs> well, Ron, man, he, he was larger than life. And, of course, now he's in heaven, so he's probably even more uh, awesome. Right. Um, but, of course, Jesus is most awesome. But Ron was larger than life. He was the life of the party. He was my leader. He was my soulmate. He was my best friend. He was, you know, everything to me next to Jesus, you know. Um, just just such a great guy, a leader wherever he went. Um, so, and he just was so strong, like physically and in personality, and he was so um, vocal, verbal, sharp-witted, a good storyteller, like had the memory of an elephant, you know. <laughs> and so for him to be diagnosed with a brain tumor, uh, it was August of 2018, it just did not fit, you know, who he was to think of a 
brain tumor that they knew was cancerous when they first saw it um, on a CAT scan. Uh, and he had surgery five days later and was never the same after uh. that brain surgery. He still, you know, he still could talk, um, but he wasn't he wasn't himself completely. And so I started to lose him right from the beginning. And um, I, I knew from the beginning that I was going to completely stop serving as president at Align Life Ministries. I felt called to be his full-time caregiver, which I ended up doing for 13 months. He lived for 13 months. And then I took another couple of months to recover from being a sure. full-time caregiver. But so after the... Um, the surgery, the normal course of treatment for a glioblastoma uh, is radiation, which, you know, they can't only radiate where the tumor was and they right. didn't, weren't able to get all of it. And so that causes more brain damage. And so like week by week by week, Ron was declining. So you felt like you're losing your husband? Yeah, one inch at a time. Really? Like he was slipping through my fingers oh. right before my eyes and I wanted to be there. Uh, to help him, completely wanted to be there, but it was uh, agonizing mm. to watch that decline. And um, and then there was also chemo. Uh, so all of that was taking place month by month by month by month, and, and none of it was successful. Mm. Uh, so the decline continued until the tumor was in the back of the right side of his brain, and so that eventually meant as it grew forward, um, in his brain, it meant that he lost left side function mm. in his body and eventually couldn't walk or put much weight on his left leg and eventually was in a wheelchair. And so I remember like this horrible time about a year after his surgery, we went up to, we had a cottage together up in the St. Lawrence Seaway area. And um, he was the king of our cottage and the land there. Mm. Um, such a host and would give the most enjoyable boat tours for people. He just knew all about the whole area. And I remember the two men who went along for like his last trip up there when he was very, very debilitated. And they carried him down the steps in a wheelchair. Mm. And they carried him up the steps of his cottage in a wheelchair and he spent that Labor Day weekend in a, on the couch looking out the window at the ships and boats going by barely talking and needing help to um, use the restroom and mm. we had taken a, a full-time nurse along with us for that four-day trip because he needed help all through the night sure. and so she stayed awake all night and she slept during the day um, so it is a nightmarish, grueling, horrific mm. experience to watch your spouse slowly die. I can't imagine. Wow. And it is a tremendous gift to care for your spouse who you mm -hmm. love so much, no mm -hmm. matter what they're going through. And you know, to pull together in prayer and in worship. Ron had such a compassion for other people who were suffering. He sure. kept track of them. He was able to keep track in his mind of the list of people that we would pray for each day. Mm. And of course, we prayed that he would be healed and believed that that's mm -hmm. something that God would want to do, that God, sure. you know, could do. And um, and that isn't what happened. Right. He was not 
healed on the earth. Uh, toward the end, he had uh, several times the same vision about a month before he died of a door uh, with paragraphs on it. I'm not sure what they said, and I don't think he knew, but he would hear a voice that would say to him, it's okay to come home. Oh, wow. So God, you know, was preparing him for, for what was coming. Mm. And um, yeah, while he was in hospice, I had the privilege of leading two of his close friends who who weren't believers to the Lord wow. as he laid there like sedated, you know, but like mm. the intensity of them losing their leader right. friend, um, God used that to Beautiful. cause them to think about sure. you know, heaven and hell and eternity and all of that. So so it's um it's a like very bittersweet mixture of things that happen when you go through a situation like that was I characterized it as being a million times harder than anything I ever did mm. in leading a full-time ministry. I'm sure. And I would also want to say to, you know, to your listeners that I lost my mom when she was 51, I was 26, we were closer than close. Same with my dad, although he was older when he died, losing a parent there's no comparison to losing a spouse. Right. It is so off the charts, right. pain that. level, to lose a spouse, and it affects every area of your life. And so people, you know, inadvertently will say, you know, when they would hear that I lost Ron, they might say, yeah, I know what you're going through. I lost my dad. And <laughs> have I'd no have idea. to bite my tongue I'm to sure. not say, yeah, I lost my dad. I know what that's like. This is nothing like that. Exactly. And, you know, people are just trying to relate. But in that process, they can say things that, you know, you know, as a person who's gone through it, that, yeah, that's not true. And it's not helpful. But I get it that you're trying to be helpful. And right. I know God was with me through that time, but man, it's it's the hardest experience of my life. Those thirteen months, and then also the mm. the grieving process, yes. and also then the um, I guess I could just say the disappointment mm. of how ill-equipped the body of Christ is to step into the hard place with a widow or a widower long enough they do it initially but mm -hmm. then i think they don't know what to continue to do and so there's a tremendous absence of couple friendships right. that you experience right. talk more about that talk more about what you felt talk more about help me help us yeah yeah know how we should be responding to yeah. widows yeah. widows the way that I picture it in the spirit, and I'm I'm like a visual person, is that like um, if there's a swooshing loss of Ron, you know, so he he swooshes away from me right. and he leaves and he's gone, and I'm adjusting to all of that with great pain. What like kind of looms around you then is a tremendous absence mm -hmm. of your spouse and also other people right. and so night after night after night after night and COVID was happening at the same time um monday night tuesday night wednesday night thursday night i'm at home alone ron and i weren't able to have children uh, so i don't have children or grandchildren right. Right. i do have really close friends who stood by me and were phenomenal through the whole thing but you're just alone 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 and then like for a while it would be friday and i would think 
oh, it's the weekend and a little lift in my spirit would happen because it used to be on a Friday night, even if Ron and I just went to get coffee, it was special. Or we'd do something together Saturday night and Mm -hmm. we'd go to church together Sunday and we'd be with somebody Sunday night. Uh, and so so I would look forward to the weekend only to find that, oh, I'm alone Friday night. Oh, I'm alone Saturday mm-hmm. night. And where are where are the people? And I would think sometimes as I would be alone night after night after night, what are people thinking? What do they think I'm doing? Like and I I am fine at being alone. I was never afraid in the house. Some people might be. That wasn't something that I dealt with. And I, you know, can read a book or do something around the house. But I'm also a social being. And the whole social structure that was my life for 32 years with Ron left with him. Right. Except for my close girlfriends. Right. And so uh, my assessment of it is that the body of Christ and Christian couples are really good at the first, um, let's say, three months of somebody becoming a widow. And then they start to back off. And then they really back off. And so, and that's painful. Like I anticipated. I mean, as I knew Ron may die from this, I anticipated the searing pain of that loss and that it would take quite some time to work through. What I didn't anticipate is the additional pain of the absence of friendships. Mm. I enjoy men and women together as couples. You know, even though I'm now single, it doesn't mean that I'd rather only be with women. Actually, I like women. But, I mean, you know how God designed male and women male and female in his image, both to represent his character and right, his right. You know, characteristics and all of that. Well, suddenly I'm in a female world where I'm mm. not connecting with guys and guys represent a part of the character of God and they have perspectives that I enjoy. Um, so it's a, it's a tremendous hardship to mm-hmm. be a widow and to feel there's a stigma that you feel. Um, Isaiah talks about the reproach of widowhood. Right, right. And that is because there is one. And and I am I know I'm the same person. I didn't change. I didn't become slightly weird so people should avoid me. But that's your experience yeah. is there must be something kind of wrong with you because people aren't reaching out to you. And so you have to fight that. Mm-hmm. You have to fight thoughts from the enemy that are making you or trying to make you feel as though, well, right. now I guess I'm marked or now there's something a little less desirable about me because people aren't inviting me out to eat. Right. Wow. You know? Yeah, sure. Now, many people aren't just aren't sure what to say. Yeah. Talk about that. Like, yeah. do you like talking about Ron? Do you like I talking do. about the, the memories? Yeah. So you're saying, ask me questions. Yes. I want to talk about Ron. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, well, one thing about memories is that, you know, in, in greeting cards, which I'm really careful now which ones I pick, but they may say something innocently like, um, may your memories comfort you. Well, in my case, the memories are only now something positive. Right. Initially, a memory is a painful, stabbing mm-hmm. reminder that, and that person's gone. Mm. Seriously. Mm. So, um, so somebody shouldn't say that at least early on. Like, well, at least, or this is a thing people shouldn't say. Well, at least you had him for thirty-two years, yeah. which would then 
minimize the pain that you're in and like so why don't you just shift into being grateful or you know something like that yeah. um it's best like the thing that i liked hearing the most from people early on was lisa i can't even begin to imagine how horrible this yeah. must be for you and i would just think thank you mm-hmm. instead of i think as believers, we probably think, well, there's something, some spiritual encouragement we should say mm-hmm. or some perspective that maybe would help her. Well, the truth is I know the scriptures mm-hmm. and they're comforting me to some extent or not at some phases. And if somebody gives you one, it almost feels like they're kind of pushing you away. Like here, take this Band-Aid and maybe you won't feel so bad. And it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like love. It feels like they're trying to fix you or that they think maybe you forgot that scripture. And if you just hear it again, maybe you'll feel better. But there's really nothing that makes you feel better. I mean, grief is the kind of thing that's so loud, so painful. The way to get through it is to express it. And so the, the better thing for somebody to say is, tell me what it was like, Lisa. What was it like day after day to be with Ron and watch him fade Mm -hmm. like that? I can't even imagine that, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that as far as depending. I mean, every situation is different because sometimes people lose their spouse in an instant. And then, you know, I would ask that person, what was it like that day? What was it like the next day? What I would love for people to ask me today, or they could have asked a year into it or a year and a half after Ron was in heaven is like, you know, they could have said, so Lisa, it's been a year. What's it like? What's mm-hmm. the last year been like for you? Mm-hmm. Or Lisa, it's been two and a half years now. What are some perspectives that God's given you? Or or what's it like at this phase of the grieving process? Like, like how often do you think about Ron? Anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always wanting to talk about sure. him. I sure. find that people largely aren't ever bringing him up or asking me how I'm doing. I think because I seem like I'm doing okay, people assume that I am, but I'd rather people not assume. I'd rather them um, ask. Now, some people might not be like that, and so I can see why people aren't sure what to do. I guess they could say, not sure if you want to talk about this, but if you would want to, I'd I'd want to hear how you're doing right now. And so give people an out, you know, or maybe this isn't a good time, but sometime if you'd want to talk, I'd want to hear, Mm -hmm. you know. And then if you are like on the hearing end of somebody's story or a portion of their grief, I would say feel no obligation to say something wise. Unless the Holy Spirit drops something into your mind, the best thing to do is to listen. Maybe your eyes will get wet with tears as they're talking, and maybe you'll just give them a hug at the end and say, I'm praying for you, or maybe you will pray for them right then, you know. Sure. So have you talked to many other widows or widowers who've experienced the same thing? Yes. It's it's a pretty much across the board okay. experience of a tremendous absence of the body of Christ hanging in there with them and especially whether they're divorced single women or um, you know, having lost a spouse and they're a widow, couple friendships disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for a few. Yeah. I have one or two. And then, sure. really, Larry, what I did about six, nine months ago, I thought, okay, they're not asking me out. 
And then I really had to think through like, okay, so Ron and I had friendships that lined up like that worked with the four of us around the table. Right, right. What's going to work in the relational dynamic with me and another couple? And so I really prayed about which couples would I line up with. Sure. And he put two couples' names in my mind. And so essentially, I invited them out to eat. And I said, hey, really, so the reason I wanted to eat out with you guys, and I told him the story. And the one said at the end of our first supper, Lisa, we'll adopt you. And the other couple, you know, we've gotten together twice. I think we'll probably get together again. But I'll tell you what is weird, Larry, is that it feels kind of like when you were dating. Uh And you know how that is, that you weren't sure who you were going to the party with or who you might sit with in church. So a widow not only is grieving, but she's not sure who she's going to be with at social gatherings, you know. So, so, and then like with these new couple friendships that I'm starting to make, I don't know if I'm really going to be a good fit with them in another half a year, or if it's going to not work out so great. I don't know if they're going to keep like wanting to hang out with me, sure. and that's okay. It won't make me feel bad. But it feels like that, like when you're dating, yeah. you're not sure anymore, like where you belong or who your people are. Whereas, you know, as long as you've been married to Laverne, right. as long as Ron and I were married for three plus decades, the whole thing was situated. Right. All of our friendships were situated. And now right. the whole thing is blown up <laughs> and being recreated, which I'm grateful for, but it takes time. There's, there's the humanity of leadership. And often people will look at, at you and say, well, Lisa's this amazing leader. God's used her throughout the world. She's an author and all these things you've done. And forget about the humanity side yeah. because we all have that. We all yeah. have the humanity side. You know, so you've, do you have any other advice for those who have friends who lost a loved one, whose loved one went to heaven? Do you have any other advice for those who have friends? What would you encourage them to do? Basically what you're saying now or is there something more? Well, I would, first of all, have them to think to themselves, if their wife right. lost them, right. what would they hope that their friends would do for her That's and really for good. how long? Or, you know, the wife could think, like, if the husband is the one left behind, right, right. how would the wife hope that people Correct. look out for him? That's good advice. And for how long? And then, like, for you as a person, as you're thinking, like, okay, we do know this widow lady, or we do know this widower, I think you should, before the Lord, say, how do you want me to reach out, and for how long? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be a short-term person, or are you in it for the long haul with them? And it doesn't matter which way it is, because God gifts people differently. But just, like, determine that. So that you know, like, wow, we're in this for the long haul, and we know in our minds we're going to take her out to eat once a month, or we're going to do an activity with her every quarter, or whatever it is. And you don't have to tell her that or him, but just make a commitment because grief, the loss of a spouse, is not a year event. I don't think it's a two-year event. I think it's more like in the category of three to five years. Yes. That the person is in far more pain than you would realize. And um, (laughs) sometimes when people, couples say, well, it's kind of awkward to get together with a widow, I would want to say back, and I never have said it like this, it's a whole lot more awkward to be a widow. Yeah. Because you're a widow 24-7. You're in your pain 24-7. Like, step into the hard. Step into the Mm. awkward. Get Mm. over your uncomfortableness. The uncomfortable level that they're living with is 
off the charts. Right. Like enter in. And if you can, I mean, think about it. God spikes out widows in the Bible. True religion looks out for the widows yes. and the orphans. I'm sure widowers are included in that. Right. Why does he do that? Because he knew that the body of Christ would shy away. Right. But he's knowing like the heartache and he knows that he wants people to to, you know, embrace them. And I I mean, I've said if the body of Christ can't look out for widows and widowers, are we looking out for lost people? Right. And then that's a whole other story. Yeah. It's very, very good, very, very true. In your book, The Unexhausted Leader, obviously you talk about Ron in the book. Yeah. And then talk to us about, because his home going to the Lord happened as you were finishing up this book. Yeah. Talk to us about that process. So he was so he was such a colorful individual that right. before every banquet for the ministry, at the beginning of my speech, the story had to do with Ron. And I tied it into whatever I was talking about because he was so colorful. So he's in four or five stories in the book right. that, you know, fit and all of that. But but then uh, when he died, before the book went to print, I thought, am I going to, like, rewrite all those stories or make them past tense or take Ron out of the book? And I talked to my writing coach, and she said, because I, I didn't necessarily want to say at the front of the book, here's the situation, these stories that you're reading about my husband, Ron, he's in heaven, you know, and have that color people's thinking as they're reading right. the book. So there's a uh, page at the back there that is. explains that. And I think he, Ron was my biggest fan in the purest sense of the word. He was so supportive of my role in leadership at the ministry. He was never threatened by it. Um, and he he wanted this book to be written and so i know that like i have his full support and to whatever ex extent you know sure he's um happy about it in heaven like i know that he is but the other thing that god showed me is that and we all know this but you're not married in heaven right and so a process of grief is to like become unmarried yeah it's true. And you don't really want to have that happen, but you do want to stay lined up with what is the truth and that mm -hmm. we're all married to Jesus. And mm -hmm. certainly, I'm sure Ron and I will be friends in heaven, good friends, I'm sure. And it'll be great. It'll be better somehow, it even will. than life on the earth. But there's many, many things that um, you learn as you go through this process with the Lord. And one thing I wanted to say is that widows and widowers if they're processing with the lord and they're getting his wisdom they have a lot of wisdom and perspective on life and eternity that the rest of the people who haven't yet gone through that don't have which is why ecclesiastes talks about that wise people go to the house of mourning and fools go to the house of mirth so if you're somebody who tends to just want to be at a happy party and avoid the widows and the sadness <laughs> and all of that, well, then God would characterize you as being more foolish. Right, right. Being more temporal. You're concerned about the happy things of this earth when really there is an eternity and we're all going to go through death at some point. And there's perspectives on eternity right. that really drive our priorities and our purposes in the short time that we're on the earth. And widows and widowers, if they thought about it with the Lord, they understand that better than most other That's people. True. And so instead of thinking that you're doing a widow a favor, if you reach out to her, 
she might be doing you a favor. And actually, it's so a mutual good. thing. So good. Lisa, thank you for being vulnerable, being just open, you know, with all of my listeners about what you walk through. That yeah. helps helps me so much, helps us so much. And uh, anything else you want to say yet on the podcast today? This is your last chance. Okay. We're going to wind so down. what I would want to say is that a perspective that God gave me through this whole loss of Ron is that watching him suffer so horrifically. I knew that he would either be healed on the earth Mm -hmm. or healed in heaven, and he'd be fine. And I knew that God would heal me, take me through the grieving process, and I would be fine. But I had this overwhelming sense that people who don't know Jesus now are already not fine, and they're suffering on this broken earth that we live on. And if they die apart from Jesus, they're going to be suffering far greater than Ron and I ever did. And they're never going to be fine, and it's mm. going to never end. Mm. Our suffering came to an end. Mm. Their suffering will never come to an end. And so that has marked my heart, and I have such a passion for people to know Jesus that I am just regularly talking to people out and about about Jesus. And um, I know that's what we're all to be doing. Exactly. And so that's what I mean about there's perspectives that you glean from mm-hmm. suffering, which is why suffering is in every book of the New Testament, not often preached on, right. but why we're, we are exhorted to share in the fellowship of the suffering, suffering of Jesus. It's a very godly, sacred thing to suffer because of the perspectives you learn that are Christ-like yeah. you know, and eternal. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me and and your insights are so profound. Again, I highly recommend the book, The Unexhausted Leader by Lisa Hostler. You can pick that up on Amazon or or Lisa's website and again, it's all in the show notes and also some other ministries and some other curriculum that she has. It's just powerful stuff and uh, make that available to you. So Lisa, thank you for being with me today. It's been a great joy to hear your heart and this is a clear message for the body of Christ. And again, I appreciate your openness, your vulnerability because, you know, people look at you as as Lisa Hostel, all that God's done through you, but there's the story behind the story and you were so open to share the story behind the story and we're so grateful. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you everyone for listening today and look forward to seeing you back here next week as we continue to find these stories behind the stories, these small things that we can change in our lives and make a massive difference in the lives, our lives and the lives of those we serve. So God bless you. Have an amazing week in the Lord. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.